tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast, and today it's brought to you by Danner Boots. The classic is available today. Every boot is handmade to hold up in unforgiving conditions and live up to our unyielding standards. The future is strong with Danner Boots and their Stronghold Work Boot. Check it out. If you are a first-time listener, thanks for checking us out. Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com and check out the previous library of all the other shows that we've had and the famous guests from the weather industry. Uh, Tonight, we're recording episode 49. This is finishing National Weather Podcast Month for us, and we're talking with the co-hosts of Weather Hype Podcast, Min Fan and Castle Williams are here tonight. All right. So welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we will also, uh, we'll also be discussing the future use of images and video in severe weather communication. And stick around as we're not short of weather fools this week. And we usually have some WX resources, although I know there have been times that um, we've, we've come up short on that. But hopefully the, tonight won't be the night. So what are you saying? Uh, (laughs) it it was a group effort that's all i'm saying it is uh, i mentioned earlier it is national weather podcast month we now have a web page so if you go to weatherpodcastmonth.com we also have social media accounts just go ahead twitter facebook i think there's even instagram just search weather podcast month and you can find those Uh, be sure to bookmark the website for the special schedule of shows that are still going on for the rest of march And all the other information from the nine participating podcasts, including us. There have also been some great crossover shows recently, and hopefully we're going to be adding another one of those tonight as well. But as always, best way to introduce our team of co-hosts is by celebrating the fact that it's always happy hour when we record. Um, So we're going to find out what everybody's drinking tonight. We ask that uh, you join us, so feel free to join us as long as you're not driving or at work. Uh, so we will start up in Minnesota. Our Skywarn coordinator, MJ, what are you drinking? Hey, tonight I have a tall Captain and Coke. All right. Captain and Coke. He's there keeping the captain. Tall. Captain oh life. Very good. I am I am drinking. Uh, I'm, I'm loving my vodka and blue curacao. Uh, normally I have it with my famed Mountain Dew or Diet Mountain Dew. Tonight it's just with, with a splash of Sprite. Um, but That's it's, enough. It's a, Blue drink, yeah, that's good. You don't need any more Sprite. Uh, Maz, our former TV meteorologist in Cincinnati. What are you drinking, Maz? Yeah, well, it's not so happy hour because I realized I left it upstairs. So I have the cap. (laughs) (laughs) Just just mute yourself and go up and get it, man. Fine, okay. I think you're better off without that beer anyway. All right. (laughs) True. All right, Kim, as our former Weather Channel meteorologist in Atlanta, what are you drinking tonight, Kim? I'm drinking an IPA, and this is the Lagunitas. This is just a regular IPA out of California. It's very tasty, and I have my new Metallica pint glass that I'm drinking it out of. 
So nice. did you go to a concert and get that or what? Yeah, I have been to a couple Metallica concerts. Oh, I'm sure you have, but did you go to one <laughs> yes, recently? I did not get that. No, I did All not right. get there. All yeah. right. Yeah. Very good. And then I, I always ask our co-hosts that that we don't have a green room because we do this all online, but if we had a green room, we'd have it stocked. And so I always tell our co-hosts, bring something to drink. I don't care what it is. Uh, so, men, I'll start with you. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a People's Porter. It's from Foothills Brewing in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm a big porter stout kind of guy, dark beer. Ooh, so. oh, like my husband. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, just I'm enjoying this for the dark, but Good for you. Good for you. All right, Castle. <laughs> uh, can Can you meet meet that? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the wonderful Snapple. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. You can find them at the, nice. uh, any grocery store. Um, <laughs> what does the cap say on the Snapple? Um, it says, points. most elephants weigh less than the tongue of a blue whale. There you go. Since oh, my God. Are you kidding whale. me? Strange facts. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Well, okay. on that note, that that actually is good, Castle. I, I'm I'm impressed. The you you brought more respect back with your cap. Um, I thought he'd hey, be drinking a new castle. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to our guest, Kim. Go ahead and introduce. Uh, okay. Our I would love to. All right. So we have Min Fan and Castle Williams, and they are uh, the owners of the Weather Hype Podcast. And it's a podcast started by these guys. They're besties. They love weather and uh, its connections to people every single day. Now, Min has received his master's degree in geography from East Carolina University, and that was in 2017. Also has a Bachelor of Science in geography with a certificate in atmospheric science from UGA, <clears throat> University of Georgia. And uh, Min's master thesis focuses on mobile weather applications on smartphone devices and understanding how people on or interpret, perceive, and utilize this information on a daily basis. Min has worked with many different organizations, including National Weather Service, to develop infographics and visuals for the enhancement of National Weather Service digital media communication. He also has worked with the Federal Emergency Management Agency and with the National Park Service and Emergency Management and Climate Change Communications. And we have Castle Williams. Um, currently, Castle is a second-year PhD student in the Department of Geography at the University of Georgia. He holds both a Bachelor of Science and Master's Degree in Geography with an emphasis and certificate in the Atmospheric Sciences, as well as a Bachelor of Science Degree in Psychology from UGA as well. His overall research interests include examining how we communicate weather terminology and hazards to the public, as well as weather-related decision-making and the societal impacts of weather. So both you guys, you know, my hat's off, you know, my hat off to you guys on all the, the, the schooling. But, you know, my, my question was, when I read all this was, well, what came first? Was it the friendship between you guys or the love of this or did it all kind of come together one day? Um, I guess for, if I'm speaking for you too, Castle, I think <laughs> it was weird when we were both at UGA together doing undergrad, we didn't really talk to each other very much until senior year. Um, we all have our, both our own stories as to how we got involved into meteorology. My story is with, um, Hurricane Floyd that was threatening in 1999. I was living in Savannah, so we evacuated and that's what got me into weather. And I've always loved like news journalism and reporting. So I went to UGA with the idea of going into TV. And then that kind of changes along the lines of doing research with our advisors and doing research together, Castle and I. 
to kind of opening up that world of, you know, we can do research into meteorology, but also do stuff focused on social science. Um, we had this one research project where we were looking at Facebook and how Facebook helped to um, track the trajectory of debris from the 2011 super outbreak of tornadoes. And that's what really got me into the social science aspect of it's not just about the, you know, data simulation, the atmosphere, the dynamics of all that. That's all important. But there's so much other ways that you can contribute to our community in research. And that's what um, really spurred uh, our interest in this type of field. Castle, anything to add to that? Um, no, I would agree. I think the the first time we really started getting a lot closer was with uh, the uh, the project that we did with Dr. Grunstein about, uh, he's a professor, Dr. Andrew Grunstein, on extreme temperatures and how that affects athletes. Um, so I think that was like the big major area of kind of focus where that kind of pushed us together. And then we realized that we have a lot of the same interests and then we kind of clicked as friends. And so ever since then, it's uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff together and it's, it's been fantastic. So what, okay, what so prompted you guys to do the podcast? I think, you know, at the time podcasts for me, I'd always heard about them, but the podcast that really got me into podcasting in general was probably serial from NPR. And so listening to that and the way they told the story really captivated me. And around the time of AMS in 2016 and uh, new Orleans, I was talking to a lot of people and there seemed to be an interest for having a weather podcast. I know Weather Brains was out. And I think Weather Junkies had started recently, right before that year of AMS. Um, Castle and I kind of talked and said, we can totally fill a gap in that area of podcasting, but also do our own little thing with weather and social science, but also do it in a really casual way. We're kind of having a conversation with each other, but also sharing great knowledge and information to listeners who may be willing to listen to us um, talk about random things sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> that's always fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think for me it was a lot about ac access and how a lot of people don't have access to these scholarly journals or all this information that we're kind of putting out into the weather world. And so I think for me, I wanted to, like men said, tell a story, but to be able to reach other people and uh, to be able to kind of convey and show people why social science is so important, but at in a way that they can understand. Um, plus, we. We started it after we had graduated, and so we wanted to be able to stay connected. And so we would have these like four-hour phone conversations anyway. So we said that it seemed like we were already doing a podcast without recording it. So <laughs> right. we might as well record it. We might as well record it and have other people listen. So, so tell. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Phil. Well, I was I was just gonna say. So uh, maybe tell us if if I'm a new listener, mm. and I were to tune into Weather Hype, what what can I expect to hear? Um, so I think for Castle and I, the idea of social science, right? People like say that all the time within the weather world, like social scientists, social science people, disciplines, but people know what that entails. And so, you know, with backgrounds in communication, psychology, geography, we can really pinpoint down what that actually means. And then we try to bring things that are relevant to people on a day-to-day -day basis, as Kim was saying in the intro. So an uh, episode that we released last week for National Weather Podcast Month is talking about the idea of weather modification, right? So changing the weather, that's probably an idea that people think, or maybe even a misconception people have, that you know meteorologists can alter and change the weather. And to some degree, we can by doing cloud seeding. Well, the discussion, the cloud seeding then leads to the idea of chemtrails. And then that leads to other crazy conspiracy theories. So these are topics that people talk about every single day. Mm -hmm. 
whether you're a weather enthusiast or you're just you know some random person who wants to you know talk about that stuff so when you tune into weather hype we're taking these stories and we're talking about things that hopefully can apply to everybody um, granted there are times when we talk about things that are more weather community centric but we try to talk about things like you know in phoenix this summer it was so hot planes couldn't take off let's go into a little bit of the science as to why that's happening you know, these are things that are affecting people every day. People fly all the time. So maybe they would want to tune in and learn more about that idea. And, and we can offer that to people and, and think that it can be of interest to them when they're listening. Now, let's go back for a second, because that whole weather modification, you're poo-pooing it. But I'm telling you, I saw Geostorm and that looked like a great movie. <laughs> Oh man, I still need to watch that. I, I have uh -huh. refrained I from watching it for research purposes only. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to be drinking while you're watching it. It's one of those <laughs> like that could totally happen, you know. Well, I remember at the Weather Channel, we had um, a lot of people um, out in front of the Weather Channel, you know, with signs that were concerned about the chemtrails. I mean, they were out in front of the weather channel and they had their signs really? up there saying they were worried about chemtrails and poisoning, you know, the world with this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are definitely those theories out there, <laughs> but anyway, that was interesting, but tell us a little bit about, I was interested about FEMA. What, what kind of work did you guys do for FEMA? Or I guess so, it was men who did this. Actually castle worked for FEMA as well. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell us. Um, so with FEMA, for me, I was working in Denver at the regional offices um, at the Pathways Intern in 2016. So um, a lot of that was dealing with communication of disaster information using social media, using different types of techniques. They like to uh, use the phrase social listening. So you're mm -hmm. uh, going through all the different uh, social media channels and you're looking for different reports that people might have that can contribute kind of like crowdsourcing information, but you're going out there actively looking for it. So with FEMA, in addition to doing the communication side, I told them I had you know a meteorology background to offer to them. So I went into their FEMA regional offices and sat down with them and said, okay, you know, when it comes to severe weather, you guys get a lot of hailstorms, you guys get tornadoes out in the front range of Colorado, and you guys get a lot of forest fires and things like that, wildfires. So how do you track that information what is your relationship like with the National Weather Service and other um, entities and other, you know, public partners? And then how can we work on that? So, um, you know, they were talking to NWS in, in certain ways, and um, I was trying to connect them better to National Weather Service representatives, NOAA representatives, and making sure that the FEMA regional office was well equipped to deal with weather events and um, understood different types of like training exercises. So. Um, getting them storm spotter training uh, for people there, because that's important for them to have as well, just to get a better understanding. But sure. it was more communication, but also injecting the meteorology that I um, had that was kind of like a plus for them, a little bit of a bonus, so that they can uh, enhance the way that they deal with weather. Absolutely. Um, for me, I just briefly worked with uh, FEMA as also as a Pathways intern here in Atlanta. Um, during uh, spring of 2015, I believe. Um, and I worked on trying to find uh, hurricane evacuation zones for all of FEMA region four, um, see how they were depicted on websites and figure out how we could kind of bring them all together as a way to make sure that they were consistent with one another um, so that they were all communicating the same information to individuals who were trying to get that necessary information when it was time to evacuate. So um, I worked with, uh, Rebecca Jennings at the time, now Rebecca Moulton. Um, um, so she was fantastic, a great mentor, and it was a great experience. 
Was any of that like uh, real time, like traffic wise for the evac- evacuation? So it's like, okay, now this route is blocked. So take this one or how did that all work? No, it was just uh, kind of making g- gathering on their websites, uh, like what the actual evacuation zones were, making sure they matched up with what FEMA region headquarters was trying to promote on their individual websites. So it was just kind of like a precautionary thing because it wasn't during hurricane season. So it was like okay. uh, trying to prepare for the upcoming season to make sure that everyone was being consistent in the way that they were kind of portraying where people should go and what routes they should take. Cause that'd be a cool idea, except probably your traffic reporter is already evacuated too. So there's nobody there. To do that. <laughs> yeah. You screwed at that point. So man, I know you did uh, your, your thesis, you worked on uh, smartphone apps, weather apps, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, and, and I think you were, you were looking a little bit as to what, what people were, what information they were getting and what decisions they were making from that. I'm curious if you happen to find anything that really surprised you. I'm trying to think. And honestly, there wasn't any like big surprises other than the fact that. So the point of me doing that for my thesis was, again, I I love weather communication. There's such a gap in the literature and meteorology about where people get their weather information from. I think the most recent uh, research articles are really pointing still to local TV local news as being where you get weather forecasts. But I think it's really obvious, especially with my generation, we see everybody with their smartphone, we see them pulling out their weather channel app, AccuWeather app, whatever they're using, scrolling through the hourly forecast and whatnot. So for me, I wanted to update that and and provide a new foundation uh, for future researchers who are looking into smartphone and how they communicate weather. So most of the findings I I didn't think they were too surprising, right? So people relied on their hourly forecasts a lot. They relied on their more short-term forecasts. Um, confidence in forecasts would decrease as the days went on. And so they'd have more trust in a five-day forecast versus a 10 or 15-day forecast that you can get on some of these apps, right? Um, and then they also had a lot of interest in things like the current conditions. Um, people wanted to know about humidity a lot. And I think it made sense because the schools that I was surveying were all in the Southeast. And so humidity is quite an issue when it comes to, um, you know, (laughs) how comfortable you are, your hair, your clothes, you know, whatever. Um, Nothing was too, too surprising from, from what I gathered. But um, again, the point of it was to provide a foundation and hopefully people can take that and then use it to um, further look into the idea of, of, you know, how people perceive weather forecasts, what practices they use um, and things like that. Let me ask you this, and I don't know if either one of you guys have researched this or know about this. I was thinking, you know, you've got your phone app, your weather apps, you're getting your forecast, you're getting your warnings off your phone. Do you see a trend or think there could be a trend of people trusting their phones more than humans and trusting the computer that more than watching somebody on TV and telling them to take cover, they would trust their phone more? I mean, is that where we're headed maybe that maybe even the human aspect is not even an issue. You know, when somebody gets a warning, they trust their phone more than they'll trust somebody on the television. Castor, you want to start off with that? Sure. Um, I feel like it, it, it appears that we're heading that direction, but I would say that the human element is always going to be important. When people get a notification on their phone that says there's a tornado warning, they instantly go to confirm that usually with, some sort of human element. 
um, or a, a person. They look for a face in order to tell them that, yes, this is true. Um, so I think that technology, while it's it's improving our dissemination of weather information and warnings, it's kind of uh, still being second nature to kind of the human element. And with men's work, his a lot of his was, or most or all of it actually was just for daily weather information, just like what you get every day. Um, okay. So it wasn't even looking at severe weather, which I think is still um, television is still the number one for severe weather because people get the alert on their phone, but then they need to confirm it with someone who knows what they're doing or um, they have some sort of human aspect that they can relay back to them. Okay. Yeah. And I'll go off of that too in saying that um, there are studies that show that people for hurricane coverage will go to TV, whether it's the Weather Channel and in cable television station or their local news. They want to see somebody talking about the hurricane. A hurricane's a more longer duration event right. as opposed to, you know, you can get a hurricane warning on your phone forever and ever, but what's that really telling you? Um, but I think what really got me and a specific event that got me into thinking about smartphones was I was working with somebody and they were um, lacing on their running shoes and they were about to go for a run and there was thunder and lightning outside and I was thinking okay it's about to rain where are you going and they said well my weather app told me it won't rain for another two hours so I have time to go for a run <laughs> and this person should wow. know better because they're in a situation where they're you know they're an emergency manager. I won't name names. Wow. <laughs> so, <Whoa>. sorry. <laughs> it's a big world. It's a big world. They won't know it's a big world. They're 22 years smaller. old, yeah. brown eyes. Smaller. <laughs> I didn't specify any gender or race or anything, so you know, you'll never okay. know who it is. We're cool. Um, but uh, so they said that, and I was just like, but I mean, every sign, every common sense sign points to the fact that it's literally about to rain, yet you're defying that based on this app and you're trusting this device, this machine telling mm -hmm. you this. So, you know, I think it comes down to the idea of convenience, right? Smartphone is there in your hand. You can look at it. You can look to it for weather information and, you know, yeah, turning on the TV or waiting for the right time for the weather to be on on TV. Right is also inconvenient too. So they'll go to their phone at first, but if it's not something too significant, like a normal daily forecast, they're gonna go to their phone for it. For severe weather, like we always get those um, WE alerts, the wireless emergency alert system from the federal government. Um, and most people I've seen, they'll just like swipe it away and not even think about it. Even if it's like a tornado warning, people be like, nope, swipe, swipe left. It's not Tinder, right? But they still swipe right or swipe left. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. But I, mean, I was sitting in a New York City cab and there was like a flash flood warning. And he's like, this thing's been going off 20 times today. And he just like swipes it. And just doesn't while it's like pouring down raining, we are driving through a flood. And I'm in the Uber, like, please, please don't float away. <laughs> wow. I know um, there was a study a long time ago. I know this was going back probably in the 90s. And I remember Dr. Steve Lyons <clears throat> in a seminar, um, our hurricane expert at the Weather Channel, he said he came back from, I guess it was an AMS conference or something, but he came back and said that it took like 20 times to be told, like somebody to be told like over 20 times mm -hmm. to take cover before they actually act on it. You know what that is? What's that's that? just bad parenting. It you should is. only have to be told once. <laughs> that's right. And, that's possible. You know, let's well, I mean, let's, let's, let's be realistic with the fact that the average person is does not have radar scope on their phone. The average yeah. person's not monitoring the SPC outlook for the day to figure out what's coming today. What's the, the only the only the average person, as you just talked about, men, is going to look at their phone the day of. 
if if there's no warnings or alerts, they're just going to look at their phone because because right. no mm-hmm. one's watching news anymore, and and that's what they're going to do. So unless they get an alert, that's the only t- that's the first time that the average person probably is aware of what's going on with the weather around them. Would you agree? I agree completely. I think. You know, that's what it was shown in my research as well, that people only looked at their phone, I think, for per day up to a minute or two minutes tops for their weather app. And during a special like a certain time, if you're looking at it, they might look at it for like 30 seconds, get the forecast and then turn it off and go to another app or do whatever else on their phone. So they're not spending much time on their phone and they're looking at their phone, you know, at times that would be conducive for right before I go to bed. I'm going to look at my phone real quick or right when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to look at my phone figure out what I should wear, if I should bring my umbrella, um, so on and so forth. But um, you're right what you were saying too, just anecdotally talking to my friend, um, that severe weather that came through our area early this week, or in Atlanta anyway, um, I was talking to my friend on the phone. And I was like, so you know there are tornadoes like just you know west of Atlanta where, and you live in Atlanta. And she's like, oh, I had no idea. And so I stayed on the phone with her as she was like taking cover during a tornado warning. And she was like, I'm glad you would you called me and told me that because I would have not known, even though to me, I was like, oh, you know, there's a huge tornado outbreak in Alabama and Georgia. But to the normal daily person, right. they're not tuning in. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think the weather community thinks that people in the public know about weather all the time like we do. But no, we we love weather and we we are really passionate about it. So we stay informed. But the day-to-day person isn't going to know that much about what's going on unless it directly affects them, unless so, they get that, you know, push notification. So Castle, have we, has it gotten worse? Because people used to at least watch the news and the weather would at least get, you know, the, the TV meteorologist would give them an update on at least what's coming today or what's coming tomorrow. And if no one's really watching that, all they're doing is just the hourly forecast on their phone is our ability to warn people actually gotten worse. Well, I don't know about, I don't have the information to, to answer that question, but uh, we haven't factored in social media yet, which is what a lot of the weather community is kind of devoting their resources to now at this point is social media and Snapchat and Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and trying to get all these different mediums to kind of maximize on not having, I guess, that high television audience that they used to have. But if we think about it, like even on television, I don't know like the statistics, but there's like, well, you get like eight minutes or something in order to um, tell them. Uh, So even then that wasn't a lot of time. So I think what we're trying to have, what we're having to do is warn people in other ways, um, which involves Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. So I think that there are other ways it's the warning process is different now. I guess that's how I'll say it. And, uh, so it's hard. I don't have the evidence to say yay or nay that it's it's worse warning people now. But I think there is a lot going on. There's a lot of noise uh, around. So I think that there's definitely the possibility that it's kind of getting uh, left behind a bit. Do we do we need a new app where if like that guy swipes, you know, after like four times and it's coming towards him, the app geo positions where he is and says, OK, no, seriously, Bob, you need to take cover. <laughs> now you know oh oh i didn't get the seriously one then i would have you know i mean is it getting to the point where there's just so much of that noise we're like ah whatever or you know men you were like the buddy system think about that for a second where may i don't know maybe that's another part of social media where if something happens you know you you call robin robin are you taking shelter well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. take. Of course, I didn't or, take shelter because you know men didn't call me. 
<laughs> that, that could be a new national weather service slogan like oh gosh storm comes right. get buddy or so you got to rhyme it obviously that's right i don't have my rhyme and flow going right what now. rhymes with buddy i can't think of it right now. <laughs> hey they have the buddy system in extreme heat alerts so um oh that's true yeah, who does? yeah um, but like, who uses it i mean like uh Elderly check, population. Check on the elderly. They tell yeah, you go right, check right. on your fa- your friends and, yeah, and elderly. I'll be there. But like mm-hmm. commercials. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Castle, I want to know what what are you? What's your? I know you're working on your thesis right now, correct? Your doctoral. Uh, my dissertation. Yeah. Your dissertation. So what what is that about? And and what are you hoping to find from it? Sure. So um, I'm trying to figure out this word that we use often in the weather enterprise called consistency and what it means for us to be consistent in our weather messaging. Um, So specifically in my dissertation, I'm looking at, um, so for example, I'm looking at SPC, like convective outlooks. And what does, what happens when we see conflicting ones or ones that have used different colors, different language um, that show people in different zones um, so what does that make a difference when we're trying to communicate weather information? We have numerous discussions and arguments and back and forth about, oh, we're not using the same colors as SPC, but that's okay. Um, cause we know the local, the local area better so we can kind of maneuver it to what we want. Um, and so I want to settle that argument once and for all. And by showing whether consistency is important and also what it means to be consistent and work towards providing some operational goals for our community and trying to figure out uh, where do we go next and maybe some best practices on how we can better graphically depict SPC outlooks. That's awesome. I know I know people went crazy when we changed the color tables on the radar. I mean, they get yeah. used to that or it's something consistent, something they they recognize and then you change it up on them or somebody's showing something different and it makes them anxious. So yeah. I, I applaud what you're doing. I definitely need it. It's needed how, for sure. But how do you improve advancement? So you're trying to get better. You're, you, how do you, if your focus is consistency, mm-hmm. that kind of is against uh, change for the better, correct? I mean, what well, it, it depends matter? on how you define consistency. So how, how would you define consistency? Um, similar, same. Okay. So if what, it's in messaging, it would be similar messaging word, would, word verbiage colors um okay. how it's reported where it's reported i would have changed that see because uh, there's an app i use here in town <clears throat> fox 19 and um <laughs> and, and i'll tell you they're very good at what they do because each meteorologist has a one minute video recording and of course it's sponsored so the station's making money too mm-hmm. but um where they put a little something out, you know, like how something like you would do in a normal television tease, you know, how much snow are we going to get at tonight? 11, you know, one of those type of things, only they're doing it with the video and I'll, it'll come up. And if it grabs my attention, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to watch that one. It's only a minute long. And consistency for me is that they're always consistently doing that. I can count on them to have the, whatever the update is, if they have the updated information. So that's the way I looked at consistency. Gotcha. So, my there, so okay. there's two, I guess if, if we think about your definition, there's two different ones then consistently updating. Mm-hmm. So am I getting it on a regular basis? Whereas the consistency that I'm thinking about is how are we depicting our message or how are we communicating our message? Is it similar as in we're using, we have kind of like a guidance for using same colors, same language that SPC uses. 
Um, but some people define consistency in our community as being exactly the same, identical. Um, but then that starts to ask questions about how do we integrate creativity into that? And um, is our audience going to get bored after seeing the same exact thing over and over and over? Um, so I think there are lots of questions that go into consistency. And I can see your argument, Phil, but I would I would argue also that if we continue on the path that we're going, we're going to kind of split with people continuing to use different ways of depicting our message and others staying similar. So I think it's kind of we're at this crossroads where we have to kind of define as a community, what does consistency mean if we're going to continue using it as we're promoting that we have a consistent message until we figure out what that means and kind of set some best practices for how we can uphold that in our community, we're going to kind of divulge um, and people are going to continue communicating with different words, different language. And um, I don't have evidence for it, but I feel like that probably causes confusion. And, and I agree that that's where I think the challenge is not that, not that consistency isn't important, Sure. But I think that becomes the challenge, really becomes the challenge of going, okay, we want to advance and move forward, right? but how can we do that and keep as much consistency as possible? And if we have to sacrifice some aspect of our consistency, what is it going to be for advancement? So is, is colors more important than verbiage? Is sure. how often it's delivered more important than... Uh, a specific time of the day it's delivered or yeah, yeah. It's trying to figure out, okay, well, what are we going to sacrifice? Because we got to get better. We got to do something new. Sure. Um, so quickly I'll, I'll address that a bit. So in my dissertation, I'm isolating kind of the different things that you just said. Um, I'm not doing how frequently they receive a message, but I'm isolating colors. I'm isolating uh, verbiage. I'm isolating if their geographic spatial risk is depicted differently. And like if one area I'm an orange and one area I'm a, I'm, I'm a yellow and how that changes things. So what I'm doing is trying to isolate these things to figure out where are the places that we need to fight for best practices and where are there areas where we could kind of let it go a bit. Cool. You know, well, we're, we don't have, ahead, I don't think we have the power to, but if we did, I think you've you've just proven yourself. We're going to call you Dr. Castle right now. Okay. <laughs> I think so. We should. Freaks doctorate. Thank you. Our first one. Our first yeah. one. Yeah, right. There's more to come. More to come. Don't don't put it on your resume. That's all. Come on, I'll man. Say. Come on. Hey, man. We'll, we'll we'll keep talking about this more in our discussion. But uh, I do want to ask you guys, um, Castle and Min. First off, how can listeners find weather hype? Should we do our little spiel, Castle? Yeah, go. go. For it. Right. You can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us uh, on Twitter using at weatherhype. Good. Okay. I was worried you didn't have your script in front of you, Castle, but good job. <laughs> well, I almost said the website, but I was nice. like, that's a men's thing. I forgot. He's been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then individually, uh, Castle, individually, how can listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at WX Castle on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Okay. How about you, Min? And uh, WX Min, M I N H, on Twitter as well. Cool. All right, folks. It is time for lightning round. Uh, this is our game show of brilliant questions for our guests. We always <laughs> invite everyone to play along, including you. Uh, this will be a little more difficult tonight because tonight we're playing the newlywed game. Uh, we, anytime we get a chance to have more than one guest on the show, 
this is our opportunity to bring in the newlywed game. And, and I think it works really well. Last time we did this was uh, Tornado Trackers. Uh, it was three guys that always chased together. And uh, it was kind of a strange love triangle we had going on there. Uh, <laughs> but tonight, uh, we just got the two of, of Min and Castle. And so I have sent them previously, uh, sent them questions to answer and to return back to me. So these are all previously answered things. So no one has to go into a silent room while we ask one of you questions, all that stuff, we, we've already taken care of that. So, men, I'm going to start with you. Great. Uh, you get to start us off. You better and get one well, right. Let me take another drink real quick. Yeah, help, help yourself. Have a big one. Take, yeah, <laughs> chug it. Chug it down. Okay. So here, here's the question, men, to you. First question. Who is most likely to sing in the shower? You or Castle? What did you say? I said me. You said I'm you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Castle, do you remember what you said? Yes, I said men also. You said men as well. All right. Yeah. <laughs> one for one. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll throw 10 points to you guys on that. Good job. <laughs> well done. All right. And this this is a bonus question then that kind of goes along with that, men. If if Castle uh, were to sing in the shower, what song would he most likely sing? Remember oh, man. Said? I said, um, I knew the singer. I said it would probably be someone, uh, a song by Ariana Grande. Oh, Correct. I don't know if you agree with that. Castle, no. Castle do you remember what you said you would sing in the shower? Yeah. You kind of did, but what was it? Yeah, I just said it would be whatever's popular at the time, like on Pop Rising Spotify list. But that, and, and, Ariana Grande is a good And, and I'll tell you what, here's, I'm going to give you five points for that. You cheated a little bit, but but I'm sure Ariana's <laughs> on the uh, Spotify Pop Rising playlist. <laughs> so I, I'll give that to you. So you're starting off with a bang here, man. Good job. All right. Uh, next question, man. What what animal best describes Castle? What'd you say? <laughs> I said he's not too fond of dogs, but he, but I think he would be a dog because he's a very loyal friend. Um, I don't know if obedience is the right word. That sounds weird. Um, but yeah, he's that's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Way to spin it, buddy. Way to spin it. My bad. Um, <laughs> but he's a very loyal friend, and he'll always be there for you. Uh, no matter what. Well, that's, so, sweet. Uh, that's, that's sweet. That's the answer I gave. That's a bromance, well, Castle, man. That's Castle, what, <laughs> Castle, what did you that's say? I said he would. I said men would also be a dog. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. What, what, what did you say? You. Oh, I said I, I would What's, be a cat. What, what, I would be a cat. You would be a cat. And why yeah, did because, you say cat? Because I am kind of. It takes me a while to warm up to people, and so I would just. I like to be on my own, and so I figured that would be more like a cat because. They do, they do what they want, but when they want to be loved, they find someone for that. All right. Well, unfortunately, cats uh -huh. and dogs, I'm not going to give you any points for, for those. You guys ever watch, there was a cartoon called Cat Dog. Cat dog. Same animal. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. Doesn't work here. All right. Question number four, men. Uh, Castle's favorite junk food. What What did you say you thought Castle's favorite junk food was? Um, Did I say saltwater taffy? You did say saltwater taffy. You did. He and, used and to he, eat Mike and Ike's all the time, but he said he recently stopped. Hey, just one answer, man. Really? Just one. <laughs> Sorry. He recently got <laughs> off the Mike and Ike wagon. Well. <laughs> and now, now he's on the saltwater taffy wagon. Well, Castle, um, what, what is your favorite junk food? I What'd said candy, say? so said candy. All right. Here, I'll give you yeah. 10 points for that. that that's, that's a match. That's a good match. Congratulations. Yeah, for knowing all that information. Come on. <laughs> all right. Know, question right? number five, men. What item of clothing does Castle wear that you never would? <laughs> Sorry, Castle. <laughs> I said anything American Eagle. Oh, 
I, I had fair. American Eagle polo shirts. There you go. Fair, fair. Is what fair. men said. Uh, but Castle, what item of clothing do you have that you didn't think men would ever wear of yours? I said, uh, and this was hard, but I said a tie because he's recently like getting out of wearing ties. He's too cool <laughs> for them. Uh, so they give me neck burn. It's too I tight. At an AMS I, hate meeting. I hate ties too, man. I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, here, here's what I would have done. If men had, had you just said uh, American Eagle clothing, uh, I'm sure they make ties. I, I might have given you some points for that, but you did say polo shirts. So zero points on that one. Mm. We just and lose then, another sponsor. And then maybe. <laughs> and then the last one, uh, Castle yeah. is, uh, or I'm sorry, men, what did you say was Castle's favorite movie? Oh, shoot. Do you remember? <laughs> it had something no, to do with October 31st. Oh, that's right. I said Halloween Town. <laughs> Halloween Town. Good. And I don't even know what that is. Is that a no, Disney no. movie? Of course it is. How do you not know what yeah, Halloween Town I, is? I, I'm sure my, oh, my nine-year-old, I'm sure he watched it. Oh, uh, okay, Castle, you, you really cheated on this one, but uh, yeah. what did you say? I mean, I mean, this is true. Like, I don't have one. I don't have a favorite movie. Oh, right. well, that sucks. You, oh. you don't get any points for that. <laughs> that was cheap. I, oh, come on. All right, so I think I think I gave man. I think you got twenty five points on that one, so that's good. Nice. All right, Castle, your turn. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so men most likely to sing in the shower. What did you say would be the song he might most likely sing? I I, I cheated again and said that it was something that was popular at the time or on the pop rising playlist. The the Spotify pop rising play. I there's just something that tells me you listen to that a lot. We do. There's something. <laughs> we do both we, do. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, I would castle. I was talking to you specifically on that, but <laughs> well, we both do. <laughs> All right, men, men. What what did you say you would most likely be singing in the shower? And so it's some probably something by Shawn Mendes, which Shawn he Mendes. has been on the Pop Rising playlist. All right, so okay. So I'll, I'll go back and give you guys five points for that. that. That was somewhat of a match, a little bit of a cheat. Okay, Castle. What animal did you say best describes men? I also said he was a dog. <laughs> and why did you say dog? Because he like most of the same reasons he said, but he's just like very warm person. He'll go up to anyone and talk to them. Um, he's just always like he's super loyal and just a great friend. Okay. So. Min, Min, what uh, what animal did you say best describes you? I said it was a dog. You said it was a dog. That's a ten point match. Very hey, good. Min, Min, fetch me a beer, would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, let me pass you one. Here you go. You can have my half drinking beer. <laughs> All right, Castle. What is Min's favorite junk food? I don't. I said he doesn't have a junk food, but um, you I know. See, I, that I, would I, cheat. God, I, I, I would have hated you. And you just said, "Oh, I don't have a favorite movie. <laughs> I don't have a favorite." No I mean, favorite that is an answer on the Newlywed Game. They say stuff like, "I don't have one," and your partner's supposed to know that. I know, but um, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, it. what I said was, I, I said I had to guess. I said like the ramen packets. Ramen. <laughs> this is the first time in my life I've ever heard ramen as a junk food. <laughs> junk food, yeah. <laughs> Probably appropriate, but first time I've heard that. All right, men, you, what is your favorite junk food? What'd you say? Um, ramen is a good choice, but I said French fries. Good French fries. All right, that is that is not a match. Okay, uh, Castle. Item of clothing men wears that you never would. Uh, tank tops. Tank tops. Oh, that's good. Dang it. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. And man, obviously you didn't say that. What what did you say is your you item of clothing he would not wear? What are you talking about? 
Not in public. Oh I don't. I don't wear that. Not, not in public. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't the question in public. It's just something you wouldn't wear. Oh my god. You're tearing a rift between us right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think I said jean jacket. You said jean jacket. You oh. did, and and of course that would be a, not a match. So no match there. All right, last one. Castle, what what do you think's Min's favorite movie? This was hard, but I said Moana. No. Moana. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. Was it Frozen? You're welcome, no. man. What okay. is it? What is it? This is even better. Congeniality. That's a good one. From 1998 <laughs> or something, right? When was that something movie like out? That, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, no points on that. Castle. Thousands. 15 points, Min. You had 25. You are the winner of our newlywed game. There you go. Congratulations. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, well done. Well done. <laughs> what do they win? They win pride. pride. I was handing out lots of pride on the pride. <laughs> Right. Great job, great job, guys. Thanks for, for playing along. That was good. All right. Hey, uh, Zoom Radar. A lot of you guys know Zoom Radar. They provide interactive radar and storm chasing maps for professional and amateur weather websites at affordable prices. Zoom Radar has the fastest updating, highest resolution radar available on the web, combined with dozens of live storm chasing streams from Severe Studios Storm Chasers. And we'll agree, we've got one of those on our website as well. Great radar. So visit zoomradar.com to grab free content for your own website or download the Zoom Radar Storm Chasers app to watch captivated, uh, captivating live chasing. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you'll get to hear the latest edition of the Titan U Minute with Chris Sanner. But stay right here. We'll be back to discuss the future use of images and video in severe weather communication and if video killed the radio star. See what I did there, guys? I did. I like it. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Satter. There are a variety of reasons you might want to get into storm chasing, but one of the biggest go-to reasons for many is to see the wildest weather on the planet up close and personal. There's a lot of ways to chase. And there's a lot of different patterns. And there's a lot of different places. Today, let's talk about the three best regions to chase storms. Now, this is a completely subjective opinion, but it's based upon areas that see storms frequently, has a chaseable area, and, well, it has in the past at least, resulted in amazing photographic evidence of severe weather. Let's get to the list. Third on our list is Illinois. It's underrated for chasing for sure, but it should be mentioned amongst the kings of chasing. The road network is simply amazing, and there are always tornado events every year in this state. In fact, you may not know this, but Illinois clocks in with 54 tornadoes a year. Seriously, it's kind of a dream place. Second, on my list at least, is the area from Northeast Colorado into Northwest Kansas and Western Nebraska. The reasons for this area are simple. There are plenty of roads here, and there's also a ton of storms. And with that, there are a ton of tornadoes. Every year, something stupidly photogenic just happens in this area. This area is typically most active mid to late spring, make it in a great spot for slow movers too. First on my list is the Land of Oz and the home of Twister, the area of central and northern Oklahoma into central Kansas. This area sees the best combo of roads, severe weather frequency, and big, mean, violent tornadoes in the world. 
while the occurrence of strong tornadoes may be higher in Dixie, you'll not be able to get a view of them like in this region. After all these years, Kansas and Oklahoma still reign supreme as the place to chase. Do you agree with my list? Do you disagree? Well, let me know on Twitter at ChrisSNR. Also, visit the Tornado Titans on social media. Simply search Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back. Hey, with Men in Castle uh, joining us tonight, we kind of wanted to tap into some of their knowledge of severe weather communication, um, but get everyone's feedback about what the future holds with communicating through video and images, um, things like trying to communicate the, the risk of severe weather, the danger of severe weather, and how can we use video and or images to better get people to react and to act, we talked a little bit about that with the cell phones and, and how, do, how do we get people to react, especially if visually they're swiping off their notifications mm-hmm. on their cell phone. What, what, what is the future, and, and Castle, I'll pick your brain first. What, what do you think is the future of video and images to, to get people to act and, and to help communicate severe risk? Uh, well, this is a difficult question because I think it, Video and images are important. I think it's how we use them is going to be kind of the way that the path of the future is kind of paved. Um, So some studies have shown that uh, having live streams of a tornado coming really helps with uh, increasing someone's perceived risk and lowering their uncertainty about a certain event actually happening. So those things are important. But then on the flip side, you don't want someone risking their lives in order to provide that footage. so it, it's 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 a hard toss up there, but I mean, if if it were me, I would I think it's important that we think through uh, utilizing sky cams and figuring out how do we can better place those and in other cities, especially in rural areas, because those areas are just as important. Um, drones, mm-hmm. yeah, our drones, UAVs, um, mm-hmm. using all this new technology in order to uh, both not put a human life at risk through chasing, but also to get that visual confirmation because. Like Phil said, that that does make a difference in getting someone to act. I don't but what 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 that. about what about if if we um, you're talking a little bit about sky cams? I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're seeing that more and more along uh, major interstates and and major cities with their traffic cams. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just got done talking about how crappy my Sprint coverage was. Uh, what what about what about putting cameras up on? cell towers they're they're obviously all over the place yeah that's a great uh, idea. could could you get a cheap inexpensive uh camera that obviously your wi-fi signals right there basically uh that you can hook in and i would think that that'd be a pretty inexpensive way to do that i agree with you yeah and i think it would be a great partnership with uh at&t or verizon or i'm, I'm not super up on who does cell towers but getting them involved in that could be a great way to kind of maximize our coverage of visual information. So I think it's important, but something else to kind of take into consideration is how we're using these images together. So um, there's been some studies that have looked at right when you, when we compare radar images to like live footage of something, and it's been shown that if we use them like side by side, it reduces the impactfulness of the radar because it becomes something that is showing certainty versus something that's showing uncertainty. And so when we use them in tangent, uh, it, it starts to throw off like the, the powerfulness of the radar image. So I think it's important in thinking about the future, about how we're using these different tools and intertwining them as well. Yeah, that's interesting. 
I was thinking, because, you know, I know a lot of times they'll put the little radar image at the bottom of the screen or something while the meteorologist is talking. And you would think, well, if it was really important, he would have that image in front of him and he'd be talking about it. So I could see how I see what you mean. What men, men, what do you think? Obviously, talking a little bit about the phones from a visual aspect, um, we got done talking about severe weather. If, If people aren't learning about the possibility of severe weather, Anytime during the day, because they're not watching TV and they they don't have a radar scope, they don't have you know the the National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center's convective outlook for the day. What what visually? Um, because if if we know that's what helps get people to act, what what can we do from a cell phone side of things if that's the direction people are going? Oh, such a tough question. Um, I think it comes down to the awareness that people need to understand that they need to take more responsibility for being knowledgeable about the world around them. I think a lot of times the younger generation is accused often of being really self-centric and not really thinking about things outside of their own little bubble. And I think that somehow can also impact like, you know, their gathering of news information or, you know, gathering of weather information to keep themselves safe. And they only know like when that alert happens. I don't know is there's anything that we can really do visually or even on a cell phone other than to have that information on social media like you know on facebook it'll tell you you know today you should bring your umbrella because it's going to rain when you you know first load up facebook which a lot of times is really inaccurate if you guys have noticed or have seen that um you know social media outlets are trying to be that you know we're here for every single thing you can do facebook especially is trying to be like the go-to for every single thing whether it's to sell your stuff or whatever so that could be a way to do it where you know you log into your twitter account or you log into snapchat and it tells you you know here's what's going on i know snapchat now has a um story mode where you can see they'll have like a breaking news section and they'll show different uh, users uh, with tornado footage or severe weather footage or blizzard footage and they'll put it all up in there and people around the country around the world can see that video so that's another way that they're staying informed but for severe weather immediate things that are impacting them i'm not sure what would change or what could change unless they just take more responsibility and, and look at the weather forecast for you know ahead of time to know that there might be severe weather that day. Aren't aren't we at a point though, Maz? Don't you think we're at a point to where it's hard to to expect people to take responsive to say that? I mean, I, I think that's that's an answer to geez, that's an answer to a lot of crap, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But but aren't aren't we past that point that that we're in a day and age with cell phones and everything else that people want to be catered to? Mm-hmm. They don't want to take responsibility. Maybe do you think the responsibility somehow has got to fall back on the social media companies or Maz, you were talking about the app that you, mm-hmm. um, is there some, maybe the responsibility has got to, well, it's not responsibility, but the action has to be taken there. Yes. Right. And I think I was just thinking about this. Not every station, I don't want to say has the ability, but right now offers the ability to go live on your phone. And so if you're, you know, if you're just getting the information and you're just swiping, really it should be something where I, I know they want people to go to tune into that particular channel, but in an emergency situation like that, the the stations that are simulcasting it on your phones, as long as you've got unlimited data, which I think is the trend of the future, you got to have all this data. 
now you're going to have somebody there telling you, here's this. Now I know it's a small screen, but that's the ability to use both the technology and to take you right there because I'm not home. I wish I were in front of my TV, but now I have the ability to be in front of my TV. And so they could actually utilize both at the same time. I, I think the, the stations that really want to be in the future, they have to have that live version as part of their app, or at least during severe weather, have it offered because they could promo the heck out of that. And that, because that's a station stations are, yeah, we want to serve the community, but they want to make money. And what drives the money is eyeballs. So, you know, if they can get people there on there nonstop, there's a ton of stuff they can do to still make money, but they're doing a huge service for the community then. Well, just taking back the example from this past week with the tornado outbreaks in Alabama and Georgia, I'm going to ask a kind of provocative question, but is it really a problem, right? Like there weren't that many fatalities. Jacksonville, Alabama got slammed. The college campus got slammed. Nobody died. Mm -hmm. um, south of Atlanta, with Fairburn, I think that got hit and a bunch of homes were destroyed, but nobody mm -hmm. died either. Is it a problem necessarily that people may not know of severe weather until it's about to bear down on them, until they get that alert? That's a great question. I was thinking the same thing, man, and wondering if it's it had to, it has to have gotten better, I would think overall. I mean, going back 50 years ago, just because of social media and, it, and the other ways of getting this information, I can't help but think it's gotten better, but um I think that's a great question and I imagine there's a study out there somewhere or there should be anyway if you're going to work on your doctorate. Maybe that's something <laughs> your thesis. That sounds like something good you should do. Dissertation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dissertation. Sorry. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> that was for you, Castle. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I think. I think also what it comes down to is we are reaching a lot of people, but even if we do reach them and give them all the necessary information, we can't hold their hand and make them act. We can't. We can only do so much as meteorologists in order to get them to act. And as crappy as that sounds, like that's the reality. Like there's going to be a segment of the population that just is going to not do anything. Um, it's just like the when we think about who's, who yells the loudest on Twitter, that's always like this really small percentage of people. So we can't always take that as, um, as what is kind of the ideas surrounding the public. But I mean, for like the large part, like people are listening to us, they're acting. Um, and I think that if we're going for that gold standard of 100%, where you're always going to come up short. Um, so I think it's important that we keep doing amazing things like we're doing, but we can't uh, kind of hurt ourselves or look down on ourselves for not reaching every single person or holding every single person's hand to act. Well, tell us, I, I'll tell you this, we, we, we could probably talk about this all night, but we always want our listeners, viewers, let us know what you guys think on this topic. What do you think the future of, of video and imaging is in order to help communicate risk? Uh, in order to help communicate, take action. Where do you guys see this going? Uh, you can always let us know. You can email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook and tag us your thoughts uh, so we can go ahead and actually share that on our next show. Hey, Severe Weather Center has the severe weather professional covered from the air and ground by employing only FAA certified and licensed remote pilots with extensive chasing experience Critical live video from UAS drones can be delivered from a storm direct to media clients when time is precious. Contact Severe Weather Center at their website. It's at severeweathercenter.com or by telephone at 
888-888-8760. And don't worry, their severe weather outfitter hasn't gone anywhere. Weather Pro Shop is still doing what they do best. From spotter supplies and apparel to educational materials and training guides, get what you need at weatherproshop.com. Hey, we're going to take our final break. You can refill your drink, because I will. And when we come back, it's time to share our WX resources, and we're going to add more to the Hall of Weather Fools. This is Mark Jelinek from the What Is It About the Weather podcast with a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats. This includes thunderstorms. Remember, if you hear thunder or see a flash of lightning, seek shelter immediately. Fully enclosed buildings with wiring and plumbing are best. A hardtop metal vehicle with windows closed is also safe. Sheds, picnic shelters, tents, or covered porches do not protect you from lightning. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov WRN. Stay safe out there. All right, welcome back to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Time now for the best two segments, we'll say that tonight, that we have here near the end of the show. Lots of fun weather resources, uh, WX resources. Excuse me, this is one of, one of the, you can find tons of stuff that's out there, but I love to hear who has found something new that's just super cool because after you guys tell me, I go check it out and stuff. So, uh, Phil, what do you have for tonight? For a All right, so I'm going to share with you guys tonight, uh, getting ready, obviously, for the storm season. One of the things I'm trying to do to add to my spotter chat, uh, slash chaser repertoire is more cameras. And I do not have a waterproof like GoPro camera, but I also didn't because I don't have one yet and I haven't used one yet. I didn't feel like spending hundreds of dollars for one yet. So I actually jumped on Amazon and I found a camera. It's called the Review XP. It's a 4K action cam. It's basically exactly like a GoPro. It just doesn't have the GoPro name on it. Uh, it comes with uh, remote control. It comes, I mentioned it's waterproof. It's 4K. It can do uh, photos as well as video. Uh, and it has multiple attachments that can, you can put it on anything. And, and it was all for 60 bucks. It wow. was uh, rated four and a half stars, and it's a great wow. little camera. I've been playing with it a little bit already, um, but so far, so good. $60 uh, GoPro knockoff, but it's called the Review XP 4K mm. Action Cam. Very cool. I like that. All right, Kim, are you, you're not back yet. All right, we'll get to it in a little bit. Let's go to Matt. <laughs> Just when she you get ready to talk to her, she's gone. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, you're back now. Okay, go ahead, Kim. What do you have for a WX resource? Okay, I do not, ha I can't bring up a website, but I was thinking, you know, with tornado season here, some of our viewers may not be familiar with Tom Grizzoulis and his significant tornado volumes that he has out. And I thought I said, maybe you guys can help me with this. I thought I saw on Twitter somewhere that he's got a new update coming. Does anybody heard about that? Is that? Correct. that is correct. Yep. And There's what, two volumes, two volumes. He's right. reissuing, reissuing the original. Okay. Uh, and then adding a second new volume since what? 86 or 91, I think was the 91. last update. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Or 95, maybe. I don't know. One of those, but I know I have the original and I have one of the volumes with me right here. But for those of you who are interested in tornadoes, and maybe you remember one from a long time ago, you can always get these, and you can order it on Amazon, and you can look up the, about the tornado, and it's really just um, 
a collection of over, at this point, over 60,000 tornadoes. And you can look it up and it talks about it. It's by state and by, um, and they, I think it's anywhere from a F, maybe an F1, because back then it was the F scale um, in this series anyway. But I think it's really a great thing to have. I mean, it's a great, you know, a, a great um, tabletop or what they call a coffee table book. So that's my other resource, I think. So it's great information about tornadoes that you know you may remember or that you want information on. And it's the second time you've mentioned Amazon tonight, so I'm sensing another. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I mention Amazon earlier? Oh yeah, no, I, I did. That was when you were up walking around checking on your boys' bandwidth problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to Min. Min, how's Amazon treating you? <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you have for a WX resource today? Um, my weather resource is uh, a book by our friend Brian Norcross, uh, My Hurricane Andrew's Story. It's about his experiences forecasting for Hurricane Andrew and the aftermath behind it. And I think a lot of times when you see a hurricane devastate an area, you see it on TV for a week or two. And after that, you kind of just forget about it because the coverage kind of goes away. But it really talks about the aftermath, what people deal with. And Hurricane Andrew is um, one of the most incredible hurricanes of the modern era. So um, we'll definitely give that a read and support our friend Brian Norcross, not just our friend, but, you know, the weather <laughs> community friend. Um, and uh, it's a good read. And it really gives a lot of insight into what he was going through and, you know, the painstaking hours of that before, during, and after the hurricane hit uh, Miami and Homestead. So, how many totally are? Yeah, how many are pictures, graphs, things like charts inside the book? Because it looks like it's about five hundred pages. Oh no, it's just a small little book. Two hundred. Really? The words are large, so I don't know if you can <laughs> tell. The words are really big. That is. It was like you know, a picture book. book. It's <laughs> children's, and it's definitely <laughs> for me. <laughs> What's it called? Um, one more time. Very my hurricane andrews story okay awesome thank you man how about castle can you yes, um i also have a book um so it's uh i don't know if you can see it but it's called minding the weather how expert forecasters think um so it's kind of it's a new book that just came out that kind of looks uh, utilizes psychology in order to look at how operational forecasters think and how they become experts at something um so it's it provides a lot of history behind how we forecast the weather and how we are getting better at it and different ways of looking at it from a social science perspective. How do they become experts in it? I think it's... I'm in that book, aren't I? I think I'm in that book. Are you? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, okay. Wow, that's Whoa. a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, laugh, guys, laugh, laugh. It, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. And she's holding a beer, too. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you missed any of those links or titles or any of that, you can check us out on Stormfront Freaks episode 49 show notes, and we will have all that information. That's it for WX Resources. Time now to move to Weather Fools. Now we got a couple, two or three. MJ, he's been quiet here for a while. So I'm expecting you got a good one tonight, right? I I think so. And and, okay. and we're doing this thing where, you know, folks that are watching you, we're not showing our screens here. So you have to go, as Maz said, to stormfrontfreaks.com and look at the show notes to get these links. But uh, it was St. Patrick's Day, as you all know, uh, recently. And uh, Lucas Ross, uh, weatherman for KFOR in Oklahoma City, uh, took an attempt at Irish dancing uh, on screen in front of the green screen. And you have to go take a look at this one again. Look at our show notes and take a look at it because he takes a nasty spill in the middle of his jig. Ooh. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's fun oh, to watch, and then and then the reaction of the anchor who comes in to try to help him uh, is also pretty good. So uh, you but, definitely want to take a look at that. Uh, that's not cool. part of. I, I don't know jigs, but I'm assuming falling's not part of the dance. Generally <laughs> not. No, generally not. I just had to be sure. Is he Irish? So, <laughs> Lucas Ross. I'm not so sure. Uh, Lucas Oras, Oras, yes. But I, I think he, I think he will be a candidate for our uh, Hall of wow. Fame. It's that Hall good. Of, Hall of Other Fools. Fools. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll okay. think of something. All right, awesome. All right, Phil, you got one or two tonight. I actually have two tonight. I, I could have brought four or five. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've in the last two weeks, what I've seen week. on social media. Holy buckets! Uh, <laughs> there, there is lots of good stuff. But I, I'm bringing the two best ones. Tonight, the first one uh, was uh, actually both of these were on Twitter, but this one was from at WeatherTap, T-A-P, at WeatherTap. Um, they posted a Facebook page from Lone Star Hurricane Center. Everybody's familiar with good old Lone Star Hurricane Center. I, you know, it's a it's a um, weather station slash steak restaurant, I think. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Lone Star Hurricane Center, they posted on Facebook their hurricane seasonal outlook for 2018, and they basically had a map of the uh, uh, the Gulf Coast, and along the Gulf Coast, they highlighted, uh, Castle, you'll like this, they used multiple colors, Great. and they highlighted in 2018, here's going to be the hurricane hotspots, the elevated areas, and the normal zones. So there are three zones, they, and they said these are going to be the hot spots, the elevated spots, wow. and the, the normal spots. And so somehow they had the vision to be able to tell where the hurricanes are potentially going to happen in 2018. And this sucker had, had at this point, now this was probably a week ago, had 20,000 shares <laughs> from oh good old God. Lone Star yeah. Hurricane yeah. Center. Oh. <laughs> uh, 20,000 people had shared their uh, 2018 seasonal outlook for hurricanes. Good oh God. God. Maybe we need to serve steak or something. Oh, geez, yeah. All right, we got to do something. Oh. 20,000 shares. That's all right. And then my, so that's my first weather fool. Good old Lone Star Hurricane Center. We're going to put their name <laughs> on the hall of weather fools. And now the, here's the second one. This we've had good old Jeff Petrowski's been on our show uh, last December. Yeah. Uh, well-known storm storm chaser, and uh, I'm gonna uh, kind of throw him under the bus a little bit. He had a he had a video on Maybe. Twitter from uh, March 18th, so that was what just this past Sunday. He was in Abbott, Texas, and he was under an overpass on I-35. So I-35 was going ahead. He was underneath this. It was like an exit, and cars were lined up. Under the overpass, you could not get through. Every single lane was blocked, uh, and because it was uh, one inch hail falling from the sky. Oh, okay. And so everybody and their brother and sister bailed under the overpass, and and so Jeff was just walking around because people were out of their cars, and he's just walking around, you know, videotaping all the cars under the overpass. And so I'm going to assume he was under there as well. Now he might have been parked off to the side or in the median. And not actually in one of the working lanes, lanes that you're oh. supposed to drive in. Yeah, uh, okay. So I, I'm not going to entirely put him under the bus, but he he, I, he was included somehow. He was part of the group. So I'm, all those people. This is my pet peeve. I understand if it's hailing, you want to get the hell out of that. But park off to the side, 
leave the damn lanes open so when it fills up, someone needs to get out of there. They can keep driving the crap through to find something else to get under. <laughs> if everybody parks and there's no lanes to go through anymore, all it's going to do is back everybody up. And now everybody else is outside of the underpass yeah. or the overpass. Mm -hmm. and, and they got nowhere to go. They can't get yeah. out of that crap. <laughs> Phil. And I don't understand what Tell you Tell us how you really yeah. feel. Yeah. I, did I you, don't understand that. Did you have get a bad experience? That's right. <laughs> Wow. Weather fools that park under the overpass in the driving lanes get the hell out of the way. That's all I have to say. Well, hopefully it wasn't a tornado warn storm, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. You're not supposed hail, to be there. Yeah, that's not where you go, right? You no, know, there's, right. there's, there's, there's <laughs> circulation in the area if there's hail coming down. But mm -hmm. awesome video. All right. So that was this that happened once. Oh man. Uh, Crazy. No. Okay, well that's that it. One. Unless you got another you got a third. Uh, no, I, th oh, I thought two was enough. Stop there. All right. So that's it for uh, Weather Fools as well. Again, you can check out everything on stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 49, show notes, and you can check out all the links and the video. Videos as, as well, right? Right? Yes. Yep. Those right that have video, we'll make awesome. sure those links are on there. Very all cool. right, M MJ, what do we got for listener comments and questions this week? Hey, we got a few this uh, week uh, for episode 49. Uh, at Adelwyn uh, on Twitter says, finally getting a chance to listen to this one. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, uh, Beth Allen. Um, appreciate that. Uh, at Ashbray WX says, if you ever need to interview any college weather nerds, I will happily volunteer. <laughs> we'll keep you in mind, Ash. You know, oh, we're, we're not just, sending we're beer to them. Nice. We're not sending <laughs> <laughs> And uh, our friend uh, Ari uh, at Ari Weather says, uh, thanks, guys. Still listening to you as well. Oh, so thanks, he's Ari, so for, uh, sticking with us. Yep. Uh -huh. yeah. Hey, I'll say this. I know uh, he, uh, Weather Channel, uh, the digital side, they're actually, they're starting a podcast as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Men and Castle uh -huh. know that. Yeah, so, they are. We saw that on Twitter. Yeah, we saw it yeah. on Twitter. So huh. Ari, uh, Ari must be hosting that. I think they're actually recording it tonight. And it was John Erdman was going to be his first guest uh, right. on tonight as well. So both of those guys we've had on the show. But uh, the Weather Channel getting into the podcasting mix now as well. So awesome. Glad, glad we could bring up the idea for him, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Right. <laughs> uh, might explain some things. 10%. Anyway, well, that, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Uh, before I tell you about our next guest, if you enjoy our show, Please do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. It works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. All it does is it uh, assures that the latest show gets delivered right to your inbox to listen uh, the moment that it's released. Special thanks to our guest tonight, Minnie Castle. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We had a great time. Thank you. Check out their podcast, Weather Hype. Um, uh, it's a great podcast that I listen to as well. Our next episode in two weeks will be recording on April 5th with senior scientist at the NOAA National Severe Storms Laboratory. Harold Brooks is uh, oh, going to be awesome. Very cool. Oh, very cool. So, uh, nice. Looking forward to that. If you'd like to watch the recording live, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Just check out our YouTube channel 
by searching Stormfront Freaks. Hey, can we ask him if there's going to be hurricanes in, in an elevated area along the coast? Uh, sure. I'll, you okay. put that down as your question. I promise, <laughs> right, I, promise I won't steal it from you. How's that right. sound? <laughs> Good. All right. So for MJ and Maz and Kim and Min and for Castle, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch you guys next time. All right. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.